everybody rising in unison. Those that weren't already on their feet, they see Dirk up top, and Dirk over Eubanks got it to go from the top of the key. 20 points, 10 rebounds. The last shot made by Dirk, and he will come off the floor for the final time. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Had some cookies last night. Oh, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. Contributor at Mavs.com. Not letting that door hit him on the exit way. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? We did it. We did it. We completed another season. This is this is crazy. This is officially year two, season end for Locked On Mavericks for the Dallas Mavericks. Of course, when when the Mavericks season ends, ours just begins. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it's wild. We have uh, did this daily podcast for two years now. Two seasons of Ma- two years in like actual time. Yeah, this will be our third uh, off season because we start yes, we started third. May of 2017. That's wild. Uh, third off season. We can't thank you enough. Man, there's been a ton of people reach out on social media, text different things, and just saying, "Hey, thanks for being a part of." your life pretty much you know <laughs> uh somebody I, one of my favorite tweets is somebody tweeted us this picture and it was like a person uh next to like a screen and it was like three other people and he was like this is me listening to y'all's podcast and it was like yes. this cartoon oh, i love that meme so depicting much. like hey he's hanging out with his friends but he doesn't really know them <laughs> it's and, a, uh, it, the meme of a, of a kid sitting next to this billboard and a billboard is like these three women like eating ice cream and like looking like they're having fun. And then the kid sitting next to him, like looking like he's laughing and eating his own ice cream. <laughs> yes. Like right beside him, like they're all friends and stuff. So and funny. that's what Nick and I have, uh, we've tried to create this podcast is you <laughs> feels like you're daily. eating ice cream with us. <laughs> and we, we feel like we've, we have formed this friendship with a ton of people and listeners and there's literally a community built around this podcast and it's been a lot of fun and we still enjoy love doing this every single day. And, Anyway, and and we have and by the way that listener was a uh, Tim Yeager. So shout out to Tim Yeager. Oh, shout out Tim. Shout Tim out. Yeager. He's a pastor. How many listeners do you think that we have that are pastors? I feel like half our listeners I've are pastors. To, I've <laughs> talked to him before. Uh I think I think he's in Houston, but I could be wrong. But oh, um He is in Houston. You're right. Okay, okay. Uh somebody but, tweeted at me. I tweeted out a gif of Luca dancing from the other night during the game and somebody somebody re- replied to it and said, uh, I'm getting extreme youth pastor vibes <laughs> dancing to like the uh the the newest and I'm dying laughing at it. But uh We don't have many anyway. we don't have many good references, but the ones we do usually involve some kind of church thing. <laughs> I love how I got multiple tweets about my Jimmy Carter thing. Like, that was hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, what so the crap? Funny. I didn't even <laughs> uh that was anyway the, like that's the the greatest out of context quote from locked on history i think <laughs> you think jimmy carter could work twitter <laughs> oh man all right today on the podcast we really shouldn't have wasted that much time we have so uh, much to get to today exit interviews we're thursday we're recording this um thursday at 7 p.m so if anything else happens if mark cuban says anything else on pen and skin we'll have to uh get back to it but we uh we have all the exit interviews except for a couple people we didn't get luca we didn't get Maxi wasn't there. Christoph Porzingis wasn't there. Um, a couple others. We just didn't find anything super interesting. But we have a ton of exit interview stuff. We're going to get to as many as we can. Uh, let's start with the first one. This is Dirk. This is Dirk talking about... There's a whole bunch of Dirk stuff, and maybe we'll get to it in a, at a later podcast. But this is Dirk talking about his first year and how tough his first year was, who helped him through his first year. And then uh, there's a second part of this quote that's a different question. It's about... Dirk and uh, the fans and how the fans helped him get through that first year. Okay. I want to preface this real quick. If this is your first year in um, Mavericks world and everything, the exit interviews is a time. It's the last time the players talk to the media officially, last time officially. And for Rick Carlisle, Donnie Nelson, the GM, 
they literally were on the old practice court in American Airlines Center where they play, and they come down these stairs one by one. Uh, the PR staff brings them down, and they kind of they walk up, and there's a bunch of us media, and it's just kind of like this. Uh, it's an exit interview. <laughs> it's like when you uh, leave a job and you have that last uh, closeout interview about yeah. your whole time. What do you feel about uh, your growth in this position? At that job, like it's basically what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so the uh, each player gets questions about the whole season, just everything, and it kind of just puts a bow on the season because a lot of them are flying out today, like on Thursday, to go wherever they want and different things. So it's the last official mandatory type of I say mandatory but required type of uh, thing for them to do for the most part so this is this quote Dirk came to the podium he was like third or fourth in line which he didn't have to like do it like he's talked to the media so much over the past few days uh, this is you know he obviously wanted to do this too so it's not, it was like, they're, the last it's not like they're not gonna pay him if he doesn't <laughs> yeah and it was the last time for us to it was kind of a, a way for the media to say bye to him because when he finished today, we we a lot of us shook his hand, thanked him for just being who he is, and it was kind of our, our time to say bye to him for these years. And I mean, guys like Brad Townsend and these guys have been covering him for forever, decades. So, uh, but anyway, so yeah, uh, Nick's about to play this quote, one of the quotes from his exit interview uh, about whatever you said. I don't know, I forgot. <laughs> no, it's a good setup. Uh, this is about Dirk the, in his first year, how tough the first year was, who helped him through that first year, and then how he responded to the fans that supported him that first year. You know, support, um, trying to stay confident, even though it's hard, um, hard work, you know, stay the course. And, you know, I always say, Steve and Mike were, were huge. We were huge in my first year. Not only supporting me on the court, but off off the court, you know, taking me out, taking me to eat, taking me to movies, so I just don't sit in the hotel room or at home and and get homesick and um, think about how bad I'm playing or it's not working. And they just kept me busy um, and you know kept believing in me, kept pushing me. Went to the gym every night with Nash. He played horse, play one on one. Ultimately, yeah, that's it. It's it's hard work and. Um, and just work your way through tough times, and, and that, that way that uh, makes it even more worth it uh, when the good times come. No, I felt the whole first year I was I was struggling, uh, but fans, I guess, saw something in me or wanted me to succeed here. And, um, you know, I always wanted to work hard and, and pay that uh, pay that love back and that support, pay it back and make it work. And so I worked as hard as I could to um, to be the best player that uh, that I could be. Um, you know, they meant a lot to me when there were games where I didn't play much or I didn't play at all, and I got it subbed in and, and the old reunion and uh, I got a standing ovation. So, of course, I'll, I'll never forget that support. I just like that first quote because it just it applies to life, too. When he's talking about how it was tough and you just have to keep working and you keep, you know, you just keep doing it, like the perseverance and, you know, how Dirk had such perseverance that first year because he didn't come out like Luca. It wasn't like he came out and was mm. gangbusters, super awesome in his first year. I mean, he really struggled. There's times when he thought about quitting. There's times he thought about going back. And so uh, I just I really like that first quote. And then the second quote, um, I just I love that part of his motivation was the fans. Like the fans really like sometimes it feels like fans are totally separate and that, you know, the NBA players exist in one reality and fans exist in a different one, especially if you don't go to games. You know, if you don't go to games, you're not there. And this season, I, I didn't go to any games because, I, you know, I live in a different state now, so I wasn't there, I wasn't part of this. But the fans still play a big part in this for the players, and they still can respond to it. And Dirk responded to those fans that supported him. And it's kind of like that Dennis Smith Jr. quote that keeps coming up. You know, I don't care about my haters. I just want to prove the ones that believed in me right. And so that's that's what has motivated Dirk this whole time. Yeah, I love that he he just has that appreciation for the fans that stuck with him and uh, and those people that did believe in him uh, from the beginning and you saw it even spills into his uh, admiration for for Barkley not just as a player but Barkley was one of the first legends that was truly outspoken about believing in him and who he was as a player and stuff and yeah I mean you said it all right of just that first year was it was difficult for him and would he go back to Germany? How does he feel about everything? He was just, uh, it was tough, but he pushed through and he appreciated the fans and organization, everything, believing in him. And yeah, I love those quotes from him. It's really good stuff. And we just, again, we love Dirk. We've talked about Dirk for weeks and weeks. There's so many more quotes on here, but 
let's move on to the next one. And this one is, uh, this is Donnie Nelson talking about uh, Dirk just very briefly. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know until he announced uh, in front of uh, Larry and Charles and her, and, and yeah, that's the first I, I had heard. I, I was actually, you know, doing shows earlier in the day, um, keeping the door open, and so I think that he uh, felt the timing was right. But no, I don't think any of us really, quote unquote, um, knew until he made that announcement. Ooh, so that that quote really stuck out to me because. There's so many directions you can take this quote in. Either there's one direction that you could take it in and say, well, if Donnie Nelson didn't even know that Dirk was thinking about coming back, then Dirk was really undecided. (laughs) You know, he really didn't have any idea. And then all this fanfare, all this celebration, all this stuff caused Dirk in that moment to just kind of cave to the pressure, the emotional pressure of, you know, everybody saying goodbye to you. Okay, well, now it's time to say goodbye. And sure, there's you know there's things and signs that led up to him. Sure, physically he's he was ready to ready to go and didn't want to go through a whole off season again. But that's one direction you could take it. There's another direction you could take it. And Donnie just didn't know and he didn't really ask because he was scared to right. Like he just didn't want it to end. And so he he uh, it's almost like a Game of Thrones. Like uh, there's a Jimmy Fallon sketch about Game of Thrones this week, and he just said, uh, "Where is Game of Thrones? Why hasn't Game? It's been you know 500 something days since the final season of Game of Thrones." And this guy in his sketch pipes up and goes. Well, maybe it's better if it is taken a while because then, you know, it can't end if it doesn't come, you know, <laughs> right? Like the, like you can't finish the whole series and it can't be over with this Game of Thrones experience unless the, you know, the final season is given. So all this time just pushing it back just pushes it back and it still exists. It's still out there. It's still there. And it's the same thing with Dirk too. If he doesn't know and he kind of puts it off and ignorance is bliss, <laughs> you just keep pushing it off until finally you have to succumb to reality. Yeah, and I don't think it was um I don't think it was the first option. I think it was more or less the second option. I think I mean as much as we would get frustrated with the media over the past year of or re- really the past 2 years of media saying, "Hey, when are you going to retire?" And it just got old just the media asking him that or when it could be the last thing. Uh, I think people closest to him like Donnie and Cuban and a lot of these guys, I think it was just like an un- if this is my educated guess, I think it would just be something they just didn't talk about. They know they they know that they'd heard Dirk say a thousand times. I'll, when I'm ready, they'll go. They he like they obviously want him around as much. Uh, Donnie joked about if he wanted to come back today, he'd sign him to a five year deal. Um, but I think it was just something that Dish probably didn't talk about for a while. I mean, Dirk said after the game that um, the other night that hey, he decided over the over the past couple of days. So it's obviously something he decided on. He probably had a plan in place for maybe after the season or something. Uh, or he had a plan in place to announce it that night. And we don't know. I mean, Donnie saying he doesn't know doesn't mean that Dirk didn't have that planned all along, if you know what I mean. Like, if if I For said sure. that right. For sure. Uh, Dirk could have had that plan all along, or he could have had a plan to announce it sometime over the summer and then got in a moment and said, you know what, why am I going to wait for another three or four weeks or a month or so? I know this is the time. This is a cool moment for the fans. I'll just say it right now. So, yeah, I I wouldn't... Yeah. And Rick Carlisle was asked the same thing uh, during his uh, media thing um, today at the X interview. And Rick said it's private business and he wouldn't answer that. So on whether he knew or not. <laughs> I don't think he knew either. <laughs> that's, just, that's my hunch on that. All right. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, so many more exit interviews, all the exit interviews. And uh, this next one is you'll hear from Sala Mejri about Luca. And it is it is definitely a must listen. All right, Isaac, let's get to Sala Mejri. Sala, we love Sala. Great interview. Super easy to talk to. Uh, very large, looming person, but <laughs> easy to talk to. So, and then yeah, Sala, go set this one up. Well, Sala was great. Sala was the very first one in exit interviews today, and he was literally probably my favorite exit interview. Uh, he was great, and he opened up by a lot of things. And he talked about being a European and uh, you know coming over and just the that just adjusting to playing over here and how he's still adjusting to vocabulary use and just the difference between growing up in high school and college here uh, and coming over from Europe and stuff. And he talked about just the stage that Real Madrid is uh, and when talking about himself playing at Real Madrid and Luca and just how big it is and how a lot of us uh, media here don't understand how big uh, of a team and basketball uh, Real Madrid is over there. 
and he talked a lot about um, just like Luca, and he he called Luca my little brother, and uh, just taking he he's talking about Luca taking him underneath his wing this season, you know, Salah taking Luca. Um, and how he was very proud of saying, I was one of the first people that believed in Luca. Like I was one of the yeah. first people of that. And he said, a lot of people, I heard all of it went talking about the lack of athleticism and adjust to the league. And I said, he said, I believed in him. And I was super excited when, uh, we, when we, uh, we traded up for him on draft night. And, uh, that, that led into just his mentorship relationship type with Luca and the conversations they had across the season and how uh, just the pressure at Real Madrid to win every single game and how Luka has played with that pressure and how that transition from Real Madrid to Dallas and the losing season, how that took a, a, a toll on Luka. And let's hear from Salah Medri. Based on what you should <clears throat> I'm very proud of Luca. I was one of the fewest people who believed in Luca. I remember people saying, oh, this guy is not athletic enough to play in the league. Uh, I've been hearing all these things. I mean, I've been in contact with Luca uh, since, since Real Madrid days. And the kid is, he's nice. He's a good kid. He's a great player. He knows how to play. The good thing about Luca is like when he when he goes on the floor to play, he's, he's having fun. He's not, he's not treating this like his job, you know? <laughs> You see him like doing stuff that, like, for a kid who's having fun, he's not like, I'm stressed about winning or I'm stressing. I mean, I, I don't mean he don't want to win, uh, but he's like just having fun. And Luque is a winner. He played in Real Madrid, and maybe a lot of you they don't know who's Real Madrid. It's it's a huge, huge, huge team, like maybe the most famous team in the world. And when he played there, every night you are supposed to win. There is like losing nights for you. You have to win, you have to give your best. I played there for two years. I won six titles with the team. I mean, they, they have like different competition over there. <coughs> but we won, in two years we played, we played eight finals out of eight. And we, we lost two, we won, we won six. And that can tell you how, what's the, what, where Luka come from. And that team is supposed to win every day. So when he get here and we start losing a lot of games, he came to me and he was like, no, I don't want to be here. We are losing a lot. I don't want to be losing. I was like, look, it's 82 games. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wins 82 games. It's 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 different from the it's different from Europe. He it was hard for him in the beginning, but then he, I don't I'm, I don't want to say he gets used to it, but he he accepted it and he understood how things were going. Outside of basketball, yeah, I mean, I, when I get here, Zaza helped me a lot with with outside and a lot of players too. Where to go to eat, what to what to do when I'm when I'm free, whatever. Things like that, we hang out together, and when Luca get here, I mean, I took him under my wing, and I know it's going to be hard for him, it's going to be different, you know? And he's like my little brother, so because we had that connection already from Real Madrid, I was, I was so happy that we drafted him, and I knew people were going to regret passing on him <laughs> and, uh, on the draft day. But I think Luca is going to have a great career here in the Dallas Mavericks. Okay, well, let's... Uh... Let's unpack some of that. Um, first of all, Luca said, "I don't want to be here. I don't like losing." Uh, all right, I think I purposely did not tweet that out because I didn't see many other people tweet that out either. Very true. Um, that's just one of those out of context things that if you see in a tweet, people will run with it. And um, yeah, there was some there was some definite faces when Salah said that because Salah's just an open book. That's just who he is. That's why we love him, and he's he's awesome. Uh, he doesn't hold back on things, and uh, just the toll on losing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just different. And when you're expected to win every single game, and you're coming off a championship and MVP, and um, just winning basketball for your for a lot of your life, like Luca. And then you show up here and you're losing uh, game after game after game. And the fact that he came up to Saul was like, I don't want to be here. There's so much losing. And a lot of us fans and a lot of us, we, we talked about in this pod and fans tweeting and stuff saying, man, is this losing taking effect on Luca? Is this going to like uh, bother him? And it obviously did. And But there was a point to where, you know, like Salah said, I guess that he realized this is what it was at. But uh, there's, hopefully there's a maturing in that. Yeah, and you know the message to him was this is this is the only season that next year will be different. And that was the big theme for today. Yes. Next year will be different. However, they did say that last year. 
They did, but there's a different there's a difference. There's definitely uh, a difference have, in talent for sure. When you have uh Porzingis waiting on the horizon. Absolutely. Um there's a maturing that comes in the, in this first season for Luca. I mean, we see him as this guy that came in and is already super mature on the basketball side. But like Salah said, Salah also talked about, you know, I thought it was a great quote that we're not going to play, but he talks about how he, you know, uh, how he handled being in the NBA and not playing. And he said, my, you know, my religion, my, the way I grew up is we tr- I treat this like a, a, a job. And if you're getting paid for something, you give something back to it. And so mm. he gave something back to it by staying ready, being there, you know, and, and mentoring Luca, I think was also part of his job too, whether he saw it specifically as his job or not. And so he took to that and, uh, and Luca doesn't necessarily look at it that way. He, he, you know, is like a kid and has fun with it. And this is like his life. This is not like a job for him. This is life. <laughs> you know, this is life. Basketball has just been his entire life. And so he just looks at things a little bit differently and there, you know, there's nothing wrong with that either way. Uh, it's awesome that Salah had that had that commitment and was willing to give back to the Mavericks in that way. And Salah also said that I've been benched the whole year, and as soon as they put me in, I produce. <laughs> I delivered. I, del- I, no, I, del- <laughs> I delivered. That's a, that's a great line. And uh, he did he did address like just his future and just you know people uh, asked him at the very beginning that hey you're going to be a free agent what you know do you want to be back and. Uh, he had high, he had he had praise for Dallas and how he spent his four years here. He's like, I, I haven't played for another team. He was like been... he was like good city, good people, good weather, <laughs> good, good food, <laughs> good food. <laughs> yeah, um, and then he kind of ended that long quote of why not? You know <laughs> why not? Why yeah, not come why back? Not? He he likes it, and uh, I think oh yeah, it, it'll we we'll have to see how the roster shapes out. But I, I would I would assume that he he would be back. Uh, as one of those, I think it would kind of depend on what he wants. Yeah. You know, if another team is offering like a, you know, rotational big off the bench type of thing, or if Dallas is sitting there with another minimum deal and saying, Hey, come be at the end of the bench and help us, you know, steal with Luca and Porzingis and all these guys. I mean, we're, we're nearing like 50% of the roster speaking Spanish and it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's super, it's super cool. And, uh, so, uh, yeah. They they love Salah. You gotta love it. Um, all right. Anything else from that Salah Luca quote? Um, we do think Luca wants to be here. Let's just we'll make that clear. He was just up, yes, he's upset. Yes. At, there's things that you say in frustration about losing, and uh, for I, sure, I feel like that was one of the things. All right, let's do a couple more before we take a break. Uh, this is Devin Harris about his future and uh, whether he wants to play next year or not. Some of you will be very upset at this. Some of you will not. Do you want to continue playing? Yes. Is, is this a viable option? Uh, I mean, I feel like as many times I've returned, it's always a viable option. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, you know, obviously, with, with Dirk leaving, they're kind of going to a new regime, um, kind of a younger a younger team. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll never close the door on sure. Dallas. There you go. He'll never close the door on Dallas, and it feels like Dallas will never close the door on him unless they trade him and expect him to come back in three months. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's came back so many different times, and uh, – the difference between him and JJ was remarkable today. Devin's only signed with Dallas. He, he gets traded other places, and then he o- he's only ever signed a contract with, he just the, signs with, back. with the Mavericks. So I just wanted to point that out because that's hilarious. Anyway. Yeah, he clearly wants to keep playing. If you remember last year, he said he got more he got more questions yeah. over the offseason about coaching than playing, and Dallas brought him back to play. Uh, that was the funniest he, news break because it was on the Road Trippin' podcast, and like no one listened to it, and so I went back and listened to it. It was it was like probably two weeks old by the time I got to it, and I listened to it, and it said that Devin had gotten more offers. He said I actually got more offers to coach than I did to play, and so I wrote that story on on Mavs Moneyball, and then everybody started talking about it. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> like this is like weeks old. You guys didn't get to it. Yeah, no, no one listened to the Road Trippin'. Nope. Um, At least nobody. But yeah. Media. yeah. Devin wants to play again. He's he obviously likes Dallas and be open to it. But the difference between his wording and then JJ's, uh, as far as being back, um, you can say points to a little different thing. So, but we'll see. Uh, with Devin, you know, saying, "Hey, there's a new regime coming. It's it's the new Mavs." That was the theme of the whole day. Of this, the new Mavs are on the horizon. It's right around the corner. You know, Dirk 
heading out now in this new Mavs basketball. And, and he talked about being younger, this new younger team. And, uh, but the difference between him leaving it up in the air. And then when JJ Barea talked to the media, it was like, yeah, uh, I'm pretty confident I'll be back. And Donnie <laughs> was pretty confident about him be back. So like it was more set in stone for JJ. It looks like it's a little bit more up in the air for Devin. Devin might be in a little, little situation kind of like Salah to where you'll see how the roster plays out and, uh, see if there's a few, you know, if there's a spot or two left once free agency draft stuff ends, then we'll see if they need another veteran on the roster. But I, I'm completely down with Devin being back. I, some people are torn on that, but uh, I love what Devin brought this year. I love his leadership. I love the idea of him, like him mentoring Jalen Brunson and some of these guys. He's just a blast to have in a locker room. And uh, so, yeah, if they're sitting there at the end of the summer and there's a one or two roster spots open and they've, they've already signed like some other younger free agents and stuff, I'm totally down to having Devin, Devin Harris back. Absolutely. Love I'm that. in the Love same, I'm in the same boat as you. And I thought he was better on the court than some people. He, he obviously there's yeah. some things he can't do on the court anymore. He's not been the greatest shooter in his career, but he's uh, the, what he brings off the court and what he brings uh, just with passing and ball movement, I think is, is very important for a bench. All right, let's yeah. uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, the Dwight Powell news: JJ Barea, Tim Hardaway Jr. is having surgery, and then Donnie Nelson cool. and Rick Carlisle. So much more to get to on Locked On Mavericks podcast. Heck yeah! All right, Isaac, let's uh, let's try to speed through some of these. Dwight Powell. Um, all right, so we listened to this and we heard this quote without the knowledge that he was going to get extended. But then Mark Cuban went on Ben and Skin, and like Mark Cuban likes to do. Pretty much announced that they were going to extend Dwight Powell for three years, which is super funny because I so I called Nick as soon as I left X interviews, kind of was just talking about just some uh, brief, quick takeaways about uh, just the day and stuff. The first one was that his arm hurt because he was shooting baskets. <laughs> yes, my show because Rick Carlisle and Donnie took so long. We shot so many shots in the practice gym. Uh, that it was, <laughs> I literally shot my arm off. <laughs> like he's getting old. He's uh, getting old, guys. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. Well, everybody was sitting around for a while, and there was a basketball sitting over there. I'm like, well, crap. I'm just gonna get up shots in the practice gym if no, if everybody's just gonna be bored for a while. What else do you do? Uh, anyway, uh, I when I called Nick, I told Nick, I was like, all right, Nick, I'm just gonna be straightforward. I, it would not surprise me if Dwight opts out and they sign him to a long term deal uh, or a multi year deal. And my, to further my prediction on it, uh, <laughs> half of it is, is, is now true. I didn't know a Cuban was going to say that like an hour later. Uh, the other half of it that I, my prediction is, I think it will be a little bit less. I think it will be one of these things of, Hey, opt out. And then we will, you know, sign you for like three years at maybe like 9 million, 8 million, you know, something like that. Maybe that's my prediction. I don't know if that's what it'll be. Yeah, I think it's a good prediction. Let's hear from Dwight. It sounds like you've you've decided to exercise your option to I'm come sorry? back. It sounds as if, and I'm reading between the lines here, that you've decided to exercise your option to come back. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to be here. Okay. Um, I've the opportunities that have been afforded to me by being here with with Mark and with Coach, and um, I mean, I'll, I'm always grateful, obviously grateful for that, and um, it's given me a chance to be in this league. So um, I love the city of Dallas. So do you expect to pick up your option and stay here? Yeah, I want to stay here. That's that's my goal. It's one way or another, whether it's... Job, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie coming in, coming in to defend him there at the end. I thought that was really funny. One way or one way or the other. <laughs> he works for the Mavs now. He's got to defend these players in those scrums. That's why he's the, he's the shield that guards all of them. Uh, so that was pretty funny that he you know was trying to dance around it. And he, I mean, this obviously had to be in place. He he had to have known something. And then here's Donnie Nelson talking about Dwight Powell. And this quote is important just because of the emphasis that he puts on Dwight Powell as a player yeah. and as a person. No, Dwight is, is a Maverick and. Um, one of our key pieces uh, coming off the bench. So absolutely, we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that um, his example, leadership, and on-the-court production stays in a Maverick uniform for a long period of time. Just all that stuff. And it's crazy how different Dwight Powell is viewed from when we started this podcast to now. Mm -hmm. It just feels like... When we started this podcast, he was this overpaid guy that couldn't catch a lob to save his life, couldn't do all these things, didn't have a role, was overpaid, was another casualty of the 2016 salary cap, which is all the stuff people were very upset with him. He was, he was honestly 
Like, public enemy number one among Mavs fans as far as a player that their ire was drawn to. And now he's become what I said that he would be. I was like, if, if Dwight Powell didn't have his contract, he'd be a fan favorite. And now he's kind of turned into that, I feel like. Yeah, his career career arc, it's kind of like Jamie Lannister. <laughs> um <laughs> I love that now we just all now that I've watched the show, all we do is Game of Thrones. This is a, just the Mavericks Game of Thrones podcast, really. Um, it, it, yeah, it was the extension that they gave him. You know, he coming over in the, the trade extension was when the, he pushed Bran out the window. <laughs> no, uh, when he came over with Rondo in in the trade, Rondo was uh, when he pushed Bran out the his. Uh, in his rookie year, or whatever, and you know he came over in the deal, and then it was short time after that, they extended him and they gave him that pit contract. And you're like, oh my gosh! So that's what made it. And they were trying to make him this stretch five, you know, four or five at the time, and he just wasn't a good shooter and all this stuff. And then now over time, and now we've reached a point now to where I like him. Like I, <laughs> I used to criticize him all the time as a player. I've always loved him as a person. He is a, a great guy to like when you talk yeah. to him in the locker room, when he talks to the media. Uh, he's he's really similar to a Harrison Barnes. He's really similar to Jalen Brunson. Like they're all of the same mold when it comes to uh, personality stuff. And when we've said on this podcast a thousand times that the Mavericks absolutely love Dwight Powell, yes. uh, you saw that. <laughs> they, everybody loves him from top to the bottom. Uh, Rick Carlisle has had high praise for him. Uh, Donnie just said that today. And then, you know, what, an hour after exit interviews, Cuban goes on the radio and says they're going to extend him for three more years. So, yeah, Dwight's uh, going to be a Maverick, and um, they love that, and we're both happy with that. Yeah. Whatever role that is, it, it'll probably be a, a big off the bench. And um, Perfect. Yeah, I'm down. I mean, as long as it's not for, like, $20 million. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if it's a bigger deal? <laughs> Might be. <laughs> 15 a year. I don't think they, they I don't think they would give up all their salary cap just before the summer even starts but <laughs> no um all right let's uh we'll skip JJ's because we kind of already talked about it he's he's gonna have surgeries you know he's gonna he's confident in coming back was there hold on let me make sure there's nothing else about JJ yeah just yeah he just talked about this summer and rehab and he's confident he's gonna be back um he did mention this one quote that is probably just good enough to quote it he said, I'm glad I had this injury later in my career rather than earlier because uh, I can handle it now. And I just thought that was an interesting quote that, that a lot of times you're like, oh, well, he's young. We talk about like Porzingis. We're like, oh, he's young and he can bounce back from this injury because he's younger. But JJ took the opposite approach where he said, if I was younger, I don't know if I'd be able to deal with this injury as much. Now I'm older and I know what to do and I can, you know, I'm more disciplined kind of. Yeah, that was a super interesting quote when he said that. Uh, he said he's talked to Wesley Matthews and somebody else about Achilles' um, just recovery and all that stuff. He said he'll be ready for training camp and all that. He's confident that he'll be back. Donnie Nelson said the same thing. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a lock that he'll be there. I did like how he mentioned his leadership and how it's different than Dirk's and how Dirk led by example and JJ leads more of a vocal thing. Dirk wasn't a huge vocal type of leader, but JJ is more of a vocal guy. And, uh, he's, I think he really is going to take that big mantle, like that leadership mantle from Dirk next year of Dirk. And if Devin comes back, like, uh, people love JJ Brea. We love JJ Brea and, uh, supermodels love JJ Brea. Supermodels love JJ Barea. <laughs> you gotta love it. All right, this next one is Tim Hardaway Jr. talking about um, what what he's gonna be doing this summer. Uh, Do you want to preface it? No. Well, I was just gonna say, like Tim Hardaway's thing today was it was all about his like surgery, and it was it was kind of weird because. This was the only thing that was just kind of, I don't know, it was just different because there was a lot of mystery and intrigue <laughs> around what his medical thing is right now. And because of the mystery and intrigue, he kept on getting more questions about it. So it like brought more on it. Donnie got a like two or three questions about it because he was just so, he'd never had surgery before and he was so mysterious about. He didn't even know what to call it. Yeah, he's like, it, it literally, he said it has no, like the surgery. Somebody asked the name of the surgery. He said, it has no name. And he said, and then they asked who's going to perform surgery. it. <laughs> Father Mocha. Hey, sir. Uh, and then, Father DeHarris. <laughs> but, but then he said, you know, somebody asked team doctors or uh, will the team doctors do the surgery or somebody else? He said, I can't talk about it. And What's then he dropped the, then he dropped the reference. They've dealt with it before with Seth Curry. Oh. 
And we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, he dropped that before somebody asked if if the uh, yeah. Anyway, it's, it was all just it was very interesting. So here's some of that interestingness. Get healthy, first and foremost. Uh, surgery coming up. Get that taken care of, and uh, be back within the middle of the summer, hopefully, which is the plan. And uh, get the ball rolling. Get ready for uh, training camp. Is the surgery what, next month? Uh, next week. Next week. Yep. What exactly does that entail? I don't know. I've never had a surgery before in my entire life. So this is the first time ever uh, anything's getting up to my body. So, And um, um, I was playing through an injury basically the whole entire season. So um, I, I think that just shows a lot about my character and it shows a lot about how much I care, you know, for the guys, you know, in that locker room. Those are, That's a couple of clips. That's a couple, couple answers spliced together, but... Uh, it's funny that he didn't. He at least he knew when it was. <laughs> I like that. At least he knew when the surgery yes. was. I think that's important. Uh, but yeah, he didn't know a ton of information about it. Didn't seem like. Uh, I mean, we didn't know about this, right? Like, I didn't miss something where we didn't know that he needed surgery. This came out today. Well, Cuban said a while back that he was going to have the rod put in his leg, and that's what. It, <laughs> Cuban said that you know Cuban said that so then everybody's like whoa he's gonna have a rod put in his leg and all this stuff then it kind of threw us off because Tim then had like uh, then was going through warm-ups and stuff before the game like we uh, we just watched him the other night warm up before the game going through his pre-game routine and all that stuff so you're like all right well he definitely hasn't had surgery yet then I think Rick Carlisle was asked about it like a week or so ago and Carlisle said you know nothing's decided yet we don't know yet for sure and all this stuff so then now he's like, well, now I'm having surgery next week. Somebody even asked him about, are you going to have a rod put in? He didn't. He kind of beat around the bush, said, uh, you know, he's not going to talk about it. There's just a lot of mystery and intrigue around it compared to, you know, some other surgeries. Where it's like, oh, this is what's going to, this is what it's called. We're going to, I'm going to have this done and bam, there you go. This is a timetable. I mean, he's very confident that he's going to be ready and uh, ready to go in, in training camp. But I liked um, something he said and that, that stuck out to me, um, was the fact that he was t- one, I asked him, uh, I asked him a question about fitting with Luca and KP. And I said, how do you vi- vision yourself fitting alongside of them? And he talked about his energy and just bringing energy and playing with them and how they, he feeds off, uh, the confidence, uh, and energy that, that Luca brings to the court and Porzingis brings to the court and stuff. But he also, <laughs> he also joked with me when he said, yeah, I know playing alongside those two, uh, I won't get the ball very much. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, when I, I do, that, though, and, uh, it, yeah, I, I got a good chuckle out of that. But somebody asked him a question. It was like, hey, and this was a common theme that Brunson was asked about. He was asked about, uh, different players was asked about, of have you env- have you tried to envision what next season's going to look like? Mm. And, and I love that because it's like these players, they're already, they're like us. They're like the fans. Like we're like us on this podcast. We're so ready for next season <laughs> and that they've already been thinking about it. And I love that he, he added this towards the end of his uh, press conference thing of saying, he said, yeah, he said a lot of us guys on the bench over there, like Porzingis and Luca and some of them that were, have been wearing suits for the last couple of games. He yeah. said, we've, we've been talking on the bench saying, what if, what if? things were different what if next year like and they've been dreaming on the bench together in their suits talking about what next year is going to look like as a team and they're so man they're so pumped up they're so excited Jalen Brunson said it man that he was thinking about it and talking they were talking about it at that last game the other night they're so pumped up for it and I just like that how Tim added that in there it's good stuff We're, we're very excited to see what next year is going to be like too. So, all right, this uh, next one is Donnie Nelson. This is Donnie Nelson talking about uh, Donnie and Rick's our last two, right? Donnie and Rick are the, the last because the last I, two. I just want to. Well, I just want to preface. We obviously haven't talked about Luca, um, and I just want to say with Luca, Luca obviously did talk today, um, but Luca's Luca. Luca doesn't give a ton of long answers. <laughs> um, we don't have any like. I, I mean, we have Luca audio like for ourselves, but like there's nothing that. Luca just gives a lot of short answers. He he, you know, really just talked. To you know, of course, I you know, I, I you know, I love the game and love basketball and um, just he talked. He just talked about Dirk and just how special that was. And uh, any question, I mean, Luca's maxing out at like fifteen words on, yes. on an answer. It's not like Salah. Uh, he did talk about just how they're building something special and next year is going to be different. 
Um, somebody asked him, what's one word, uh, what's one word that you would use to describe? And this just ex- it describes Luca and how he answers questions. Somebody said, what's one word to describe your rookie season? He goes, fun, because I had a lot of fun. All right, Luca. Thanks, Luca. That that's Luca for you right there. But uh, I asked him about missing his teammates for Real Madrid because it felt like Luca really missed them this year. He was watching Real Madrid every single weekend. Every single weekend, he was putting Instagram that he was watching Real Madrid. So yeah, and he he obviously he said I, I miss those guys. I miss my teammates uh, over there. And uh, last but not least, somebody was asking about the rookie of the year award, and he just said that hey, yeah, obviously I want to win it, but I'm you know he's he's not too worried about it. He said as far as off season, <laughs> he said I'm going home uh, back to Slovenia, and he said I'm turning off all of technology, social media, and everything. So uh, Luke is about to get the heck out of Dallas and go back home to Slovenia and uh, enjoy a much needed break. Absolutely. All right, here's Donnie Nelson talking about uh, team building and what he thinks about the Mavericks going forward. There's some really interesting Porzingis stuff in here. This summer you have the ability to bring in new players, bring back players. What do you think you need to add this summer for the team to take a next step? Oh, man. There's, um, you know, obviously we feel really good about some of the young pieces. Um, You know, we're, you know, looking at those opportunities and possibilities as we speak uh firepower you know we're looking to take this uh this situation to a whole different stratosphere it was a very painful year for us in a lot of ways um not just saying goodbye to Dirk we didn't um win as many games as we wanted to and some of these guys young careers and so we're absolutely looking to take that next step next year. Is your goal to have Porzingis play the four and, and make personnel decisions based on that to where he can play the four position? I think that's what it looks like now. Um, he's obviously versatile enough where he can slide back and forth uh, different positions, but I think in uh, our system as it sits right now, that's probably the way it's going to settle out. I know that Ooh. voice at the, at the beginning. Hey, that was me at the beginning. And then Saad, I was going to ask a similar question about the Porzingis thing because I was going to bring up how, uh, when I did a story with him last year, how he viewed the center position as a bullpen. And I was going to ask him, I literally had it in my brain, and I was going to follow it up the first question with, hey, last year you kind of viewed the center position as this bullpen type of multiple guys. With Porzingis now, do you view him as like the one full-time five? And Saad, you know, asked basically the same type of question. It wasn't as good as what you were going to ask us. No, no, no. Well, no, like, no, he, he worded it perfectly. So it's great. But when he answered that, that was a top three quote for me from exit interview day that right now, I mean, that's pretty definitive. Like KP is a four for the Mavericks. It's an interesting, I mean, that changes a lot of things. I mean, I feel it like does. it's still up in the air for him. The way he answered it, I feel like it's still up in the air as far as if they can get a big time five, you know, um, but I think they they feel like he can be a four, and they're confident in him playing the four, and that's good because there's a lot of times in Porzingis' career people have said he has to be a five. He has to be a five. He's the, the best five you could have in the NBA, and the NBA is kind of changing a little, changing a lot. You know, the last couple of years, more seven-footers are shooting threes, and, you know, the four has changed a lot, and Porzingis can play that. Yeah, I like the idea of him playing the four because I think he's agile enough to guard a lot of these fours. And I also like the fact that I don't want him really banging against these big centers in the league. Yeah, you need a now, rebounder. you're going to get a lot of people to disagree with me because there's a lot of people saying, hey, the best version of them is going to be KP at the five and just run and gun and all this stuff. But but then again, the definition of what a five is is going to change or it's kind of depends on lineups. If you sign Julius Randle, who's the five and who's the four? You know, could you could technically say, oh, well, okay, well, KP's still the four. Randall's the five. Well, really? He's like six eight or six nine. How's he the five? Randall. So if I just use an example like Julius Randall, but it just kind of depends to where if you get signed somebody like a Robin Lopez or you sign a Brooke Lopez or you sign a Demarcus Cousins or something like that, like that would be, oh, well, he's a five. He's the five. KP's the four for sure. So there, it's going to be interchangeable. But I. Though by Donnie saying that, it looks like it, they're going to at least start the season and roll with uh, a lot with KP at the four and uh, somebody else at the five, whoever that is. Could it be Dwight Powell? Maybe. Could it be some in free agency? Maybe. 
Could it be Nikolovich? And even if they get like a Julius Randle, you play Randle at the five because then he can be that guy banging down low, getting rebounds and stuff like that. He's not. Yeah. He's not necessarily you know traditionally a five, but you play him there. Yeah. Yeah. On you know yeah something is on defense and uh, offense just kind of depends. Yeah. There's this. Yeah. But anyway, just the idea that there's just been a lot of back and forth on will he play to five? Will he split you know split time and all this stuff? And the fact that Donnie acknowledged, hey, in our system, um, just playing the four looks like that's the route that we're going right now. And so is that a tip of the hat of what free agency will look like? We don't know. What does that mean for free agency? Um, some people have looked into, hey, if Porzingis is playing the five, then hey, well that means they'll that would take him out of any center type of conversations. Now that just leaves it wide open. I, I think like with him being able, looking to play the four, then the opportunities are endless of what they could do this summer. And I think Tim Cato followed up with a a question after that and kind of along that route of, hey, you got this. <laughs> guy and Porzingis and Luca that are big and they're flexible and it kind of gives you a lot of different options of what you could do this summer so it's 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 pretty cool it's very very cool and uh that's definitely a topic that we will dive into later but uh let's let's get into uh what Carlisle said he talked Carlisle talks about the Mavericks future pieces which will also be a big conversation later that's this is a really important two games to have witnessed for those guys and they've got there's something we can fall back on and and, uh, and refer to but um, you know Luca Chris Tapps Hardaway Powell Brunson uh, all these guys that we're, we're moving forward with um, Jackson <clears throat> um, these are all terrific pieces to a uh, to a puzzle that we're going to continue to work to solve. Okay, so at the the beginning of the quote, he mentions this is a witness. He talks about the last two days with Dirk and the incredible, you know, last two games with Dirk, and then then he lists the names of players that um, you know we have going forward. And he, as Isaac pointed out, he left out two names. Well, you can you can take this quote as far as him saying Luca and Chris Depps and Hardaway and Powell and Brunson and Jackson, all these guys we're moving forward with. You can take that as, are those the guys that you're saying, these are the guys you're moving forward with? Or are you saying those are the guys and then the other guys that he didn't mention that you're moving forward with also? That's the key point. Some people can read that quote and we kind of read between the lines of like, okay, well he just listed these players names. Um, Where's Dorian and Maxi? Does that mm. does that point into mm. anything of like what mm. maybe the summer could be looking like if these are the guys that they want to move forward with? If that's what he meant by the quote, but uh, I thought that quote was interesting. It's very interesting. He lists names again later, and he left out Dorian and Maxi and, and those names too. So we just found that. Found that a yeah, he, he, maybe he just for, forgot about them. They're also going to be free agents this summer, so they're not guaranteed. But uh, take that as you will. Do you have any other Rick quote, or should we just mention different? I've, well, there's a couple others. There's one about uh, Rick in Summer League. He said Brunson's not going to play, Luka's not going to play, and then Justin Jackson's not going to play either. So he said the two-way guys will play, so Kostas and Macon will probably play, uh, and then whatever draft picks they get. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, Brunson um, being bigger than Summer League, that's interesting. I wonder how many second-round picks won't be playing in Summer League. Um that I think that would be something uh, interesting to track, especially if you had asked me. I think Brunson had a heck of a rookie season, but I would have thought maybe he might have played just be able to run their system and just I don't know. But I'm glad he's not. That's cool uh, that he, he's going to get this summer off. Justin Jackson not playing is interesting, uh, even though I just feel like he's a, too old. You know, like he's- yeah, it's his third year. Um, but yeah, he said he's not going to play either. So. It'll be interesting to see what summer league uh, looks like for that. And yeah, we all knew that Luca wasn't going to play in summer league. I guess Dorian played missed- last year, and that'd be the same kind of thing as Justin Jackson playing this year. But that's true. Yeah, that's true. Um, he, he had another thing where he mentioned just about the season, just how he said lucky and just fortunate they were with the deals that they made, and it created a flexibility for them moving forward. And he just added a little tidbit of saying, he said, now we have to take advantage this summer uh, of that flexibility. And that's true. I mean, we all knew that, but just taking advantage of and using that flexibility that they created this summer, I mean, over those trades, um, 
over the course of the season and taking advantage of that this summer. But he did mention uh, his summer plans and that he yeah. is traveling this summer. He is definitely making some trips this summer. Maybe not flying himself, but he will be going to some places. Yeah, I have. I will, I will go to both Latvia and Slovenia this summer. Well, to spend time with both those guys, well, both he and Luca. So I look forward to that. But I'm not getting into details of, you know, we don't want a big media thing. This is just going to be, you know, a basketball thing. I feel like he, he's talking about the Dennis thing, where the Dennis thing was a big media thing, where he went to go visit Dennis, and I feel mm. like that was a big media thing. That's true. Yeah, I wonder if people will know about when he goes and there'll be any pictures, stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, he's going to Slovenia. He's going to Latvia. Uh, he wants to spend time with the two cornerstones of the franchise and Luca and Porzingis. And, you know, I don't have anything else about Rick. Um, that's pretty much everybody that talked today. You know, Nick said at the very beginning uh, that, you know, Maxi didn't talk today. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I didn't really ask. It was just, there was just so much going on that I just forgot to ask why Maxi didn't talk. Um, and then Porzingis obviously didn't talk either. And they all have their team meeting. They have individual exit interviews with Donnie and Rick and the organization and stuff. But, you know, there's a lot going on with Porzingis and stuff right now and that everybody knows about. And uh, if he stepped to the podium, it, it was going to be a lot of questions of I can't answer and stuff probably. So, yeah, um, it was probably the smartest move all the way around for him to uh, just bow out of those today. And we'll see how, what, you know, how free agency plays out and all that stuff. But the theme for today, man, it's about the new Mavs. And that was the, the overarching theme of the whole day of this, um, appreciating Dirk and every player, every person interviewed was, was asked questions about just what these past 48 hours have meant to them and seeing Dirk and just the craziness around that. And then it was a stark difference of appreciating Dirk, but man, what's next season going to look like? And the anticipation for next season is not only within fans and us on this podcast and and uh, just all that. It's all throughout the organization and all throughout uh, the team also. And they got a big summer ahead. And um, it it was it was yeah. It was a, it was a good day. It was a good day at exit interviews. Long day. It was but, a, good uh, a good day. day. Messed around, got a triple-double. There you go, guys. Lots of stuff. Huge podcast to end the week. What a week it was. We will be back next week with uh, potentially some uh, awards, potentially some playoffs. We got playoffs starting. We got draft profiles to do before the lottery. We have a whole bunch of stuff to uh, to get to this summer. So stick with us. We appreciate everybody listening the last couple of weeks. And uh, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Real quick, before the playoffs start, your finals prediction. Ooh, uh, I'm going to go, let's see. Or- who over who and how many games? Orlando over the Clippers in six games. How did you know mine? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm doing a video on how the Warriors can be beaten. And, uh, I'm going to go Warriors in, in five over anybody in the East. I'm, I'll just okay. I'll go the Bucks, I guess. I'll go Warriors in six over Toronto. Okay. Very excited. I'm, I'm excited. I'm this year. I'm going to try to watch every playoff game. That's my goal. Holy crap, bro. It's wild. It's my job now, so I might as well might as well try. Heck this yeah, is the it is. first year I'm, I'm able to do that where it's my job. So, All right, guys. Go follow Nick's YouTube channel at Free Dawkins. He kills it with the videos. Go to the playlist. Go to Breakdowns. That's all my stuff. I have a video out on uh, Russell Westbrook and his stat padding. So it's very interesting. Ooh. Go check that out. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.